Matthew chapter 3. The children of Israel had been following God since Abraham. And then when they were oppressed by Pharaoh in Egypt and God came with a mighty arm and he, he delivered his people and he led them by Moses into the promised land and Joshua led them in and then they, they got so happy in their houses and their towns that the Lord had given them that they forgot the Lord their God. And they married the people around them and they began to worship foreign gods. And time and again the prophets came and they said, Repent of your sins and turn back to God. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. But the people of Israel never listened. All through the prophets and then Malachi came and he said, Just before... God is coming and just before he comes I'm going to send you Elijah and he's going to preach in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord and then God will come God himself will come Matthew chapter 3 In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. Just a little bit further on, Jesus says, he starts talking about John. And in Matthew 11 verse 7, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he's more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets... And the law of Moses came forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one the prophets said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should hear and listen and understand. So Jesus himself confirms what Malachi said about the one who is coming to prepare the way for the Messiah. That was John. And John came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. And his message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Th three things. Repent of your sins. Number one. 
Number two, turn back to God. Number three, why? Because the kingdom of heaven is near. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. That's what the prophet Isaiah said about John. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley came out to see and to hear John. If you heard that John was preaching in Sunningdale or in Malkbos or somewhere, would you go and see him? Crazy wild man telling people to confess their sins and repent of their sins and turn back to God, would you go and see? People from all over Jerusalem and from all around Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Isn't that interesting? They went out to see him, and the result of their seeing and hearing him was they confessed their sins. How many people these days do you see confessing their sins to each other? Hey, let's all get together. Oh, wow, look at this guy. I am an adulterer. I am a glutton. I am selfish. I have broken God's laws. I'm confessing. And those people... He baptized. He took them and he put them in the water and dunked them and they came out. The ones who did what? Confessed their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize. Okay, so now we see there's two kinds of people that went to see John. There's those who went to see him and to hear him and who wanted to respond to his message. Repent of your sins and turn back to God. And those who did it, he baptized them and they were forgiven and they were cleansed. And the train tracks of their lives went from this way to that way. They were changed completely. But there were others who also came to watch. They were called... Pharisees and Sadducees. They were the, the members of the church. They were the leaders of the church. They were the teachers. They were the ones that you saw up front every Sunday. They also came to see and to hear. But it's interesting, John treated them very differently, didn't he? Look what it says. Is it coming up there? Awesome. Thank you. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? You brood of snakes. Why snakes? Do you know last night 
we got a, an announcement on the app of the uh, place where I live that said, announcement, notification, fire. And I immediately opened it up and it said, uh, we would like to tell our residents that uh, we have noticed that there's a fire burning on the edge of the estate. Uh, we want to l let you know that there are Malkbosch and Goodwood and uh, Milnerton and Tableview and uh, um, different fire organizations have been mobilized. Um, there's no need to worry. We've also put all of us, our sprinkler systems on, you know, um, but we'll keep you updated. So that wasn't enough for me. So I said to Annie, I'm going to go have a look. I went out onto the deck and I, and I, could, and I looked over and I could see like, like a, a, an orange tinge just over the hill. You know, like an orange shining. I thought, oh, that must be the fire. So I thought, and there was smoke. <clears throat> and so I, I, I thought, no. And I got in my bucky. <laughs> and I drove down to the sea and I, and I drove. And then suddenly I could see red lights flashing. But it looked like there was maybe eight or nine fire vehicles there, you know. So I drove very, very slowly past them. And I could see people congregated on the left. And all sorts of other white buckies with, you know, orange lights and red lights and stuff everywhere. And I thought, okay, my bucky fits in nicely here. So I pulled over, I put on my orange uh, hazards, which are the only lights I have that can flash. And I got out, you know, and I kind of walked over and everyone's in the, the fire kit, you know. And, and, I, and I stood there in my shorts and, and, and t-shirt. And, and, and they're talking amongst each other. And there's the district commander there. And he's like, okay, how big is this, how big is this, this road here? Can we make it into a fire break? Can we, you know? And I'm listening. A couple of guys are looking at me. <laughs> but there's another guy in civvies. And he's like, you know, okay, now what we need to do is, you know, we need to call the bulldozer from Atlantis. And it's going to come. And, you know, and the guys are saying, well, can we mobilize the copters? And they said, no, we can't do it at night. Only first thing in the morning. So if it jumps this fire break, it's going to go all the way through to Atlantic Beach. And then I'm like. There was a fire coming, and guys were getting ready to try and put it out. But you know what snakes do when a fire comes? In a forest, if there's a forest fire or a felt fire, you know how there's a, you know there's a fire coming? All the snakes are coming out ahead of the fire. Somehow they can tell there's a fire coming, and they don't want to get burned. So they, you know that, eh, Brett? Brett's a snake expert. He really is. He said, you brood of snakes. You've come here to hear. And he says, who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Yo, he was preaching differently to the leaders in the church. eh? Who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so distracted with life and with the cares of this world and trying to make money and trying to feed my family and trying to do everything that suddenly, you know, you know and, 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 and listening to the world. Can the fire trucks just be quiet, please? <laughs> that I forget about the fire that's coming. But John the Baptist said there's a fire coming. It's the fire of God's wrath 
God is angry with us. Why? Because of our sins. And there's a day coming just like Malachi said there was a day coming when the Lord is coming. Every single prophecy from the Old Testament came true about Jesus. And John the Baptist and Jesus said to us, there's a day coming when the wrath of God is coming. And Jesus is not going to come like he did as a baby, born in a manger. He's going to come with a sword coming out of his mouth with which he will cut down the nations. He'll be on a, a white horse and his face will be shining and his eyes will be like fire. And it says on that day, the blood of his enemies will flow to the height of the horse's bridle. In other words, you will have to swim in the blood of the anger and the wrath of God coming against his enemies. And who are his enemies? His enemies are not the people that are, that are dressed for battle against God. His enemies are those who ignore the commands of God. Jesus himself, just one chapter ahead of where we're reading now, he says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come to fulfill them. Not one word of God's law will pass away. Not one word of it. Can I ask you, because the Lord asked me when I went away for a couple of days earlier this year. How much of my law do you obey and how much are you ignoring? Many of us are Christians. Can I ask you, if, if, if you're following Jesus, can you put up your hand? That's wonderful. Do you know what it means to follow Jesus? It doesn't mean to pray a prayer. Because you heard somebody talk about God and sin and Jesus on the cross and, 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 and to give your life. And you say, yes, I want to. Because the following Jesus goes like this. And I'm going to come back to where we were reading now. But I'm going to move forward just one chapter. Chapter 4. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore. This is verse 18. Chapter 4, verse 18. You're doing amazing, Zarina. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water because they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their net at once and followed him. Isn't it interesting? Jesus didn't say to Andrew and Peter, Come and follow me, and that's all. He said, Come and follow me because I'm going to teach you to fish for people. You know about the mobilization word. How many people have you fished for in the last six months? Because Jesus said, come and follow me and you're going to be fishers of men. Come follow me and you will reach others for me. Jesus, when you look at him, he was always reaching people, preaching the kingdom, telling the gospel. How many people have you done that for? Because if you haven't, I've got a question for you. Which Jesus are you following? And immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. 
And then Jesus saw another couple of brothers, James and John, with their father Zebedee in the boat, and they were busy mending the nets. And he said, come follow me. And immediately they dropped their nets, and they left their boats, and they left their father and followed him. Okay, so we all also put up our hand and said, yes, I want to follow you. But the problem with following Jesus is that's how it starts. But then it's a following of him. And so Jesus says, come follow me. And then he starts walking somewhere. And that's cool for the first few minutes because we're following. And we're excited until he turns around and he says, you know that offense that you have with those people. I want you to forgive them. Like he did last week. He said there's offense and unforgiveness in our hearts as a congregation. And he said, I want you to forgive. And now you've got another opportunity to decide whether to follow him. Or whether to say, no, I think it's a bit too hard for me. No, but you don't know what they did to me. No, but you don't know how unexpected it was. You don't know how it hurt me. No, I can't follow you, Jesus. And you can turn back from following him anytime. Can I ask you another question? How many of us are still following Jesus? Who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? That's one good reason to follow Jesus. He's the only way to escape the coming wrath. Verse 8, prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. You're going to see just now, he's, he's going to start talking about trees and fruit. He says here, prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Following Jesus is not about what we say. It's about what we do. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are members of Josh Jen. Oh, sorry. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. So they were the people of Israel, but we here are the disciples of Jesus in 2022, January. Don't just say we are safe because we are members of Sunningdale AM. And Josh Chen is the best church ever. And we feel the presence of God every time we come to worship. Don't say that you are safe because of where you stand. God can fill this building with people or with stones anytime. Don't think you are safe because of that. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. And then he warns them again. Verse 10. Even now, 
the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. In other words, God's axe is raised. The axe of his judgment is raised. He's not thinking about, should I use an axe or a knife? The axe is up, and he's about to come, and he's about to cut the, the roots of some trees. What roots? Of which trees? Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Please don't think I'm shouting at you. Please don't think I'm judging you. This is what God spoke to me. And when I looked at the fruit of my life, lead elder Josh Jen Sunningdale AM, January 2022, I had to say, Lord, my fruit is lacking. How's your tree? I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never Ending fire. John said there's somebody coming. Guys, I'm telling you, repent of your sins, turn to God. Because the kingdom is near. But there's someone coming who's so much greater than me, I don't even qualify to be his slave. I'm not worthy. I can't even carry his sandals for him. That's how amazing, that's how glorious he is. And he has a winnowing fork. What is a winnowing fork? It's something when all the wheat is cut, it's brought into the, onto the winnowing floor, the threshing floor. And with a fork, you lift up the wheat. And what happens is the good stuff falls to the floor and the bad stuff, the chaff, is separated from it. <laughs> Jesus is coming very soon. Very soon. And what he's going to do is he's going to take, how many of us are in here? 300? And he's going to put his winnowing fork through us. And those of us, or those of you, with lives that are full of fruit, full of obedience to his word, whose time and calendar and lives are dedicated to Jesus and to his kingdom, he will gather into the barn. And those of us, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who've said, yes, I want to initially, but then because of whatever reason, we've been like the soil that Kegwin spoke about on the farm. Maybe it's the path. Maybe it's just hard now because of life. Maybe it's, it's the cares of this world has distracted us. And if we look at the, the fruit of the tree, it's not seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's seeking it second, if at all. Those are going to be burned. 
with never-ending fire. I know it's offensive. It's offensive. You're like, you know what? I got up here on Sunday. I made the effort. I brushed my teeth. I ate my. I got here early. I didn't come here to be told these things about hell and fire and brimstone. You know, this is a church. You're supposed to say Jesus loves me. He does. That's why he he starts off the good news with the bad news. Because if you are offered a tablet, hey guys, I've got these awesome tablets. Who would like one? No thanks. I don't want medicine. But if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, listen, I've got terrible news for you. Unfortunately, you've only got a couple of weeks to live. But this tablet will heal you. Man, then you want the tablet. You want the good news. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. Understandably. I mean, this is the one... Who he's not worthy of. This is the great one. The so much greater one. He comes to him and he says, I must be baptized by you, John. But John says, no, please. Listen to what he says. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But listen to this. But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. We must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. What was the heart of Jesus? We must do all that the Father requires. What does the Father require of us, family? Humility. That we realize our need for him. We're going to come to that in just a second. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Jesus comes out of the water and the the heavens open and the Spirit of God descends on him. And a voice sounds from heaven saying, this is my son, my dearly loved son who always pleases me. Who would like God to say that about you? This is my dearly loved son or daughter who always pleases me. Who would like to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? Who wants to be that beautiful dam that Milani spoke about? The rushing waters, the overflow. Fill me till I overflow. Who wants that? Jesus said it's quite simple. We must do everything that the Father requires. Obey. It's that simple. It's that simple, but it's that difficult. How many of you are currently succeeding in obeying God? Oh, come on. Then you're just like me. You must be so glad we're in, John, we're in uh, Matthew chapter 3 and 4, not in chapter 5 yet. 
Because, oh my goodness, I was feeling good until this point when I was reading it. And then after calling the disciples, we get to chapter 5. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. (laughs) And then he starts to explain what does it mean to follow me. Before that, Jesus gets tempted. The Holy Spirit leads him. He gets tempted, and he resists the devil, and he overcomes. And then he comes back from the wilderness full of the Spirit of God and full of the power of the Spirit of God. And he starts to preach in Capernaum in Galilee. And Jesus preaches. And his message is, repent of your sins and turn to God because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You're like, okay, hold on. Somebody else said that. Who said it? John. John and Jesus said the same thing. You'll see the apostles say the same thing too. Because this is the good news of the kingdom. That we, all of us, who fall short of obeying, who fall short of fulfilling the requirements of God, there is a solution, and that is Jesus has paid it all. (laughs) The wrath of God was taken by him. For those who have Jesus. And that's why we worship him. That's why we thank him. That's why we are filled with joy. No matter whether we are employed or not. No matter whether we have enough food or not. No matter whether we have clothing or not. No matter whether we have house or not. No matter whether we can stay in the country for much longer or not. No matter whether we are at home or away, or whether we are full or empty, we rejoice because the main thing is, is that God has sent Jesus to save us from our sins, to save us from the coming wrath. That's the good news of the gospel. But you know what? And I won't continue for much longer. Jesus said, repent of your sins and turn to God for a reason. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is now available to you. What does that mean, the kingdom of heaven? You see, we struggle in this day and age to understand what is a kingdom and what is a king. Because the closest many of us have gotten to a kingdom is the United Kingdom. And that's wonderful, except it's not united and it's not a kingdom. The queen is the current monarch. She is the one who reigns in the United Kingdom, which is divided constitutional monarchy with a prime minister and a parliament that make all the laws. It's not even close to being a kingdom. You see, the difference there is that the queen is a figurehead and she kind of rules over the commonwealth 
But it means virtually nothing. Because there's a parliament that decide everything and the, the population vote. And so you get a different government every couple of years. And so it's a little bit ambiguous. And you've got a prime minister like Boris Johnson, you know, who's completely crazy and fallible. And, you know, but he's probably better than the other guy. This is not a commentary on British politics. But what he thinks or what Trump thinks, or Biden thinks, or it, it makes no difference because they've gone in four years. But a kingdom is very, very different to that, a real kingdom. In a kingdom, there's no voting. I like you, I don't like you, I don't care. He's the king. And he's the king from when he becomes the king until he's dead. The problem with this king, he never dies. And in a kingdom, the king, what a king says goes. He's the, it's the law. It's the rule. You break what he says, you die. If he says, we're attacking that country, everyone is up with their sword and attacking that country, whether you die or not, you are a subject of the king. What the king says goes. There's no voting. There's no term of rule. He's the king. That's why John said, there's someone coming who is so much greater than I. I'm not even worthy to be his slave. He's the king. He's the king of the universe. There's a scripture, I can't remember where it is, it talks about when Christ comes again. He's got a name written on him, which is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says that on that day, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that he is Lord. Lord means master. John said, Jesus said, repent of your sins and turn back to God. Because you have the chance to be a subject of the king. You have an opportunity to bow your knee and to become an obedient one to the king. And Jesus said, come, I'm the king, follow me. He didn't say come and be part of a church because the elders are nice people, because you will be looked after in beautiful little communities, you will be fed by the streams of the green pastures. He said, come and follow me because it's the only way that you can escape the wrath of God for your sins. Come and obey me. Come and be my subject. And when we say yes, God, we move out of darkness. Just in the chapter before. Chapter 4. Verse 12, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. 
He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where the death cast its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. We can live in the light. We can be forgiven. We can be subjects of King Jesus. And on that day, he will gather us into the barn, and forever we will be with him. Or we can be burned forever as the chaff who rejected him. We're going to read a lot of Matthew. I'm going to stop there now. But if the Holy Spirit goes that way next week, or maybe the week after the week, but we're going to go. Matthew chapter 5 next time. Oh, what a beautiful king. Oh, what an amazing kingdom. Oh, what freedom from sin and self. A freedom from running after the lies of this world. Get wealth, get riches, you'll be happy. No, you won't. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. But it requires that we bow the knee to the king. Jesus came. And he saw Andrew and Peter and he said, come follow me. He saw James and John and he said, come follow me. Can I ask you this year? Will you follow him? Not Josh Jen or Declan or Lucas or Will you follow Jesus? Just a reminder. We're not here for any other reason. But to follow Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. John said... I tell you good news. Repent of your sins and turn back to God because the kingdom is near. And Jesus says to you today, repent of your sins. And I know, I know every single one of us, including me, we're sitting here and you you know there's sin. You know there's that thing that you just couldn't stop. You couldn't put it down. You couldn't But here's the beautiful news. He will give you the power if you will just ask him. In fact, he does an amazing miracle. He creates something new inside of you when you choose to follow him. A new nature. And then he fills you with his spirit and empowers you to follow him. He does it all. If you're sitting here today, 
Maybe you've never followed Jesus. Maybe you started following, but somewhere along the way, you turned back. There's good news. He's still calling. Come and follow me. Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. We want to say yes. We know we're so weak, but we want to say yes. And Lord, we want to repent of our sins. Right now, repent of your sins. Talk to God. Tell him, God, I've sinned against you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Come, repent. Use your words. Use your mouth. Speak from your heart. It doesn't matter about everybody around you. Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. We want to be in your kingdom. We want to obey you. And we want to do everything the Father requires. Lord, would you pour out your spirit on us? Would you give us the strength? Would you make us new creations, God? This year, 2022, Lord Jesus, help us to follow you, Lord, in everything. In Jesus' name, amen.